not like the systems you have now. It was that big, bulky Nintendo system. Do you guys remember that back in the days? And it had the games that were literally, they were giant games. They were not CDs. They were not inside the computer. They were these big, bulky things. And, and, and he would sit there and put them in and start playing a game. But I soon learned of an important button that exists on almost every electronic device. Because he would be playing and, and he reached so-and-so level and all of a sudden the game would get harder and he'd mess up and he'd get all frustrated because he couldn't get past this level or he was not able to complete a task in that game. But when things got hard, when things got difficult, all he had to do was press a button and reset it. And all of a sudden, the reset button would take him all the way to a new beginning. Everything was fine. He could start again. Maybe you've had that experience as well with cell phones nowadays, where you're going through your cell phone and, and something happens. It happens to me many times, maybe because I've dropped my phone too many times, but it'll just freeze on you. Have you had that happen to you before? It just freezes on you, and we're looking at it, we're pressing it, we're talking to it like if it's going to listen to us, and nothing works until you press the on and off reset button and all of a sudden everything goes back to how it should be it reminded me of a funny experience i had going to take my phone to the apple store have you guys gone to the apple store they're so helpful i mean you go there and you buy a phone or a computer or a tablet or whatever it is and you could go back and they have geniuses they call them who will instruct you on how to learn how to run any system or fix any problem in your computer and you have to make appointments well I went one day because my phone uh, charger was broken and I needed a new one and I sat down next to a lady who had brought her computer and her complaint was that her computer wasn't working. And she said, this is not working and that's not working. And I made an appointment like a week ago and I've been waiting for an hour. And it was this big thing for her. It was this big thing that was holding her work back. That was her work holding her life back. And all of a sudden, after an hour of waiting, the genius comes to her. The genius comes to her, takes a look at, his, at her computer, thinks for about a second or two, through all his genius knowledge, and he asked her this very important question. Have you tried turning it on and off? And she looked at him like she had discovered truth. He pressed the off and on button, or the restart button. All of a sudden, that thing made that beautiful noise that Apple computers make. When they power up, she put in her password, and everything was... Good. Aren't restart or reset buttons great? They're wonderful. We use them all the time. I don't know what life would be like without a restart button. You know, Jesus needed a restart button at the end of his ministry, at the end of his life, because he had worked three and a half years investing his time, his teachings, his energy, and everything he had into 12 men that according to his plan were going to continue the mission that he had started. And so here it was, a Thursday night, the night before he would be 
arrested. The night before his trial, the night before his torture, the night before his crucifixion, a most crucial point in his ministry with these 12 men. And as he looks over at his men that he has invested everything into, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 22, verse 24, then they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. You know, it's terrible when your electronic devices start getting messed up at the time that you need them the most. That's when you really feel it. And here Jesus is needing his disciples to be at their most excellent. But instead, after investing all this time and energy, they're arguing among themselves, no, I'm better No, I'm better. No, I should be at his right hand. No, I should be at his left hand. No, I should be the prime minister. No, I should be the general. I should be the treasurer. No, I should. I have better qualities. I've treated other people better. I deserve it. And Jesus looks at this situation as he's about to go to the cross, as he's about to be crucified, and he says, I need a restart button. I need a restart button because there's a glitch in the system here. This is not going according to how I have planned or invested or thought it would go. And the Bible tells us that at that moment, Jesus pulled out the restart button. Something that he could do that would reset the glitch of pride. The glitch of thinking that you're better than someone. The glitch of thinking that you, you deserve to be above someone else, Jesus pressed the restart button in John chapter 13 and verse 4. The Bible tells us, So he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And he poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he had around him. What was the restart button for Jesus? The restart button for 12 men who had the glitch of pride, who had the glitch of thinking that they were better than someone else, that were fighting with each other. He said, that's enough. I'm pressing this button. And he got down on his knees and he started washing their feet. And all those feelings in their hearts were reset as they watched the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords washing their dirty feet. And my question this morning is, do we still need that reset button today? Does the church of 2018 also need that restart button? In the church of 2018, can it be that there are still marriages where pride is causing problems, where we're trying to put ourselves above our wife or above our husband, what can you give me? What can I receive? What do I deserve? May there even be friendships that have been frayed in this church. Have there been problems between church members looking down upon others, treating others badly, 
disrespecting people in the church. And as Jesus looks at the church of 2018 and he says, I'm about to come. And this is not how it's supposed to be. He says, don't worry. There always is the restart button. And so that's why the Bible tells us that after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now, foot washing has changed a little bit. Because in the sandal society, where we didn't have, you know, shoes like these, in the sandal society, you would come to church with dirty feet. In a sandal society, even if you wash your feet that morning, you would still come to church with dirty feet and you need someone to wash your feet. Nowadays, when we come to church, especially for foot washing, I think our feet are even cleaner because we got to do extra cleaning that morning. So we're not really washing dirty feet, we're washing clean feet, right? But don't forget the lesson. The lesson was that the dirty feet revealed a dirty heart. And even though you might have nice, clean feet, or not, we still have dirty hearts that picked up dirt along the way. And you need to be washed. And today, we're providing the opportunity for you to hit the restart button. I want to invite you at this moment, with me, after I pray, to stand up, go to one of our three rooms, find someone, whether it is someone you need a restart with or whether it's someone that you have a great relationship with, whoever it may be, it's your time to restart with someone or the one in heaven. Let this be a cleansing of your soul. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that uh, as we hit restart through this spiritual act of foot washing, that you would help us to understand that along this Christian walk, we have done things, thought things about others, about ourselves, and about you that are not correct, and we need a cleansing, Lord. We don't come with dirty feet, probably, but we do come with dirty hearts that need cleansing again. And so I pray that this will be a special day of new beginnings for someone today. This I ask in your name. Amen. We want to instruct you that we have three rooms, one for uh, men, single men or single women, and also for uh, married couples. You're welcome to join. We practice at open communion and open foot washing. If you're baptized uh, in any other church denomination, you're welcome to also join us here for our services or just enter into one of the rooms to watch what these Seventh-day Adventists are doing. You're welcome to do either one. And then we'll return shortly here for our communion service. Let us go to the rooms.
The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, the thought of betraying Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete power. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel round his waist. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never, at any time, will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Lord, do not wash only my feet, then. Wash my hands and head, too. <laughs> Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. All of you are clean. All except one. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, all of you except one are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and it is right that you should do so because that is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have just washed your feet. You then should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you, so that you will do just what I have done for you. I am telling you the truth. No slaves are greater than their master, and no messengers are greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know this truth, how happy you will be if you put it into practice. I'm not talking about all of you. I know those I have chosen. But the scripture must come true that says the man who shared my food turned against me. I tell you this now before it happens. So that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. 
I'm telling you the truth. Whoever receives anyone I send receives me also. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. After Jesus had said this, he was deeply troubled and declared openly, I'm telling you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples looked at one another completely puzzled about whom he meant. One of the disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was sitting next to Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him. Ask him whom he is talking about. So that disciple moved closer to Jesus' side. Who is it, Lord? I will dip some bread in the sauce and give it to him. He is the man. So he took a piece of bread, dipped it, and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. Hurry, and do what you must. None of the others at the table understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas was in charge of the money bag, some of the disciples thought that Jesus had told him to go and buy what they needed for the festival, or to give something to the poor. Judas accepted the bread and went out at once. It was night. After Judas had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man's glory is revealed. Now God's glory is revealed through him. And if God's glory is revealed through him, then God will reveal the glory of the Son of Man in himself. And he will do so at once. My children, I shall not be with you very much longer. You will look for me, but I tell you now what I told the Jewish authorities. You cannot go where I am going. And now I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. If you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. Where are you going, Lord? You cannot follow me now where I am going. 
but later you will follow me. Lord, why can't I follow you now? I am ready to die for you. Are you really ready to die for me? Ah, hey, Ryan. Um, listen, I, I know you love Tomb Blast, but... I'm telling you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will say three times that you do not know me. Do not be worried and upset. Believe in God. And believe also in me. There are many rooms in my father's house. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you this if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself. So that you will be where I am. You know the way that leads to the place where I am going. Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way to get there? I am the way. The truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, you will know my Father also. And from now on, you do know him. And you have seen him. Lord. Show us the Father. That is all we need. For a long time I have been with you all. Yet you do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why then do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe, Philip, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not, believe because of the things I do.